Hey guys, welcome to the Self-Evident Podcast. I'm Mike. I got my bro here. Massey. How you doing? You want to switch the cameras? Oh, there you go. There. How you doing? <laughs> She's laughing right now. <laughs> Today in the driver's seat, we've got Carrie Franklin! Crafty said he's lazy and needs to work yep. today. So, <laughs> hey, he's like Taylor Swift. He's emancipated. He can do what he wants. <laughs> he's Is like, that the right word? He's like, what's her name? He work, 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 work. No, that's Britney got emancipated, right? Yes. Was it Britney that was set free? Yeah, from her dad? Britney Taylor- got. Got her music back, or is she re-recorded music, something like that? What so happened? we're going to talk about that in a yeah. second because we want you guys to know we are totally up on the pops, Hollywood cultures. gossips. We're we're all about that. We're actually changing the station, changing the channel to uh, pop culture. We feel that's the best yes. way for self-evident. It's to go. called self-evident, self, <laughs> selfish podcast. selfish we're kind of working on the title but we're getting in the right direction (laughs) so uh you may not notice but i'm going to tell you a little secret this is actually pre-recorded so uh to the future people who are watching this the future is better than it was in the past i don't know if that makes sense but anyways this is pre-recorded still let us know where you're from let us know what's going on in your neck of the neighborhood and uh do not forget to share like comment get all on all on the spaces yeah uh, get to, go, to, go to the spaces <laughs> yeah go to every platform you can guys we're on everything we're on rumble we're on BitChute. we're on uh youtube street Please corner on youtube yeah <laughs> we're on people's uh devices we're on <laughs> apple Podcasts. we're on spotify Podcasts. we're on soundcloud soundclouds are really yeah, yeah she's happening all that crap and uh go sign up there that's the show all right everybody have a good night no we got more we got more um before we get into the pop cultures we do have one other pew, announcement pew, promotion pew, pew, don't forget to pew, get your uh texas gun pew, mug that massey's shooting he loves it carrie loves it i love it <sighs> I want a grenade launcher coffee mug. I'm not sure how I drink out of that. But. <laughs> yeah. um, before we get to that, we have a conference coming up. We have a yeah, conference guys, coming up. We got up. a conference y'all need to sign up for. It's free. Yes. It's it free. Is free. Now, you do have to register, but it's free. Yeah, please you register. need to go register because we need to know how many people are going to be there. We need to have numbers. We need to be ready. So we register soon. Lunch counts. Yes. Chairs are going fast, so be sure to sign up. But we do have a promo, as I am being told, that we would like to uh, play for your viewing pleasure to let you know just what's going on with this conference. So, Carrie, take it away. On the coronavirus, so that everyone is vaccinated. These will be executive orders which don't need congressional approval. The new vaccination requirement. So in America, there's always a crisis going on. You see it all over the media where people are talking about crises and what's going on in America, but it's always been the Christian that takes a stand. And on January 14th and 15th of 2022, we are having a Truth to Power conference where Revive Church and Self Evident are partnering together to say, we can do this church. So I'm calling out to the pastors and the church leaders, listen, We have always had this mentality that there has to be this separation of church and state, and we've let it lead to a place where the church no longer has influence Mm -hmm. in government. I'm telling you that's wrong. I'm telling you that's ungodly. It's time for you to understand what the role of the church in government is so that we can have an influence and stop the moral decline of our country. It's time for the Christian to rise up, and sometimes you've wondered, 
what do I do? How do I do it? It seems so secret. We're gonna have people there who are gonna teach you how to do it. And we're also gonna have a special guest. Representative Anthony Sabatini is gonna be speaking. He's gonna show you why you should get involved as well. So if you guys wanna register, it's a free event. You're gonna have lunch there provided as well for a small cost, but you can go on to theselfevidenttruth.com, register now. We, the seats are filling up fast, and guys, we want you there. Again, January 14th and 15th, 2022. Revive Church, self-evident. We're coming together to say we can do this. Right. on the coronavirus so that everyone is back there it is again as carrie is uh, <laughs> she loved it so much she wanted to play so it, again. Do it again guys so. seriously go register 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 guys we, we know we know we're expecting 700 people to come to this uh and and the seats are filling up fast so get on there and as well you'll go on the website you'll find out more uh but Rep representative sabatini just helped push this recent thing that passed yesterday that Governor DeSantis designed, or designed, designed. That, that <laughs> Governor DeSantis DeSantis in. He, he just signed it into law, basically, that was uh, restricting uh, the mandates that are coming down from not only the government, uh, but also even cer certain workplaces and things like that. So he was a champion of that. He yeah. was the one that was pushing for it hard. And it was him against the rhinos, really what it was. So this guy is a real, real deal dude. We also have other candidates uh, coming to speak to you. We want you to be encouraged, engaged, and involved because it's, an, it's not enough... We don't have an information problem in this nation. We have an application problem. Ooh, it's true. not information that we're lacking. We have a ton of that. We They're need to start applying place. it now because everybody gets upset. What do we do, Mass? Do what you know. Do what you're told. Do what you already know. Like, you already know the truth. Go run. Go do something. Yep. Right? So that's what this is about. It's no, no longer just information because we teach a lot. But now it's going to engage you. It's going to activate you. So right. sign up. TheSelfEvidentTruth.com. Find that conference button on the type right, uh, top right uh, page, and uh, you'll 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 sign up. I thought you were gonna say the typewriter. <laughs> Find the conference button on the typewriter. Is that button there? Slide one. <laughs> Here we go, Rittenhouse. Slide one. Slide one. Pew, Let's just pew, do it. This is a train wreck. It's an awesome train wreck. Let's go. Come on. Slide Beautiful, on. glorious train wreck. So Rittenhouse, we thought we would talk about this just real briefly. Um, For clickbait. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> we know you all are interested. We know everybody's talking about it. We're like, how do we get numbers up? Let's just talk Let's about just talk what about everybody hey, else hey, is talking about. Talk about the white supremacist kid. Yeah. So this white supremacist went to Kenosha with the intent to uh, shoot protesters. He was looking for black protesters, but he missed and only hit the white guys. And he was uh, throwing Nazi salutes while he was doing it and yelling really bad words. And frankly, in the courtroom, he was flicking off everybody and saying, I'm going down. Um Kamikaze, okay, maybe. maybe not. Maybe maybe that wasn't the story. I do like that one thing, though. He was trying to aim for black dudes and miss them all and hit a white guy. <laughs> <And> white guys. Because <laughs> he's a white supremacist. You want to tell a little bit about this case, man? Listen, Kenosha, Wisconsin, this kid, and even how they're playing it out, he had to travel to go to look at the Took like, a gun over the victim lines. But the victim traveled farther than he did. Yeah. Just the whole mess. And so really what this is, this is a battle. I'm going to be honest with you guys. This is a battle for the Second Amendment. Really what they're is. doing to this kid is crucifying him publicly on the media. And this is a battle for the Second Amendment. This is where, okay, we can silence the church for a minute, but mark my words. I'm going to circle back and I'm going to circle back to this. They're not winning the church war. But be careful because you watch. Now they're going to start joining the church. If you can't beat them, join them. And they've been doing this for years. Socialists have done it. Margaret Sanger did it. Uh, the the, the uh, faith-based initiative that Bush signed into law did it. 
and it's been silencing the church. We're done with this stuff. So be careful that your church isn't influenced by government. Okay. But the second thing that's happening through this case specifically is they're going after the Second Amendment. This guy, literally, the, the victim had pointed the gun at him first. And I say he's a victim, actually. I shouldn't even say that yeah, the kid's the, the victim. The deceased. Right. Because everybody's got an opinion on this case, but nobody waited for the facts to come out. So you got LeBron James, who uh, I think is a great basketball player. I think he's amazing. The facts I think out. he's a smart guy. I think he does a lot for the community. I'm just going to say that right now. But every single time something happens where the media says this is how it is, he tweets about it. Yeah. But who's that? Who's that NFL star? Uh, actually, I'll circle back to that. This kid goes and shoots someone who pointed a gun at him. As far as I know, that's, that's kind of the whole case. That's exactly what happened. And they're literally crucifying this kid and saying he acted maliciously yeah. when he was there defending. He's, and, and the prosecutor was saying, is it true that just because I go on your property, it's not a, it's not a violatable offense? He goes, yeah, I, I wouldn't have shot someone if they came on the property. You only do it when you feel threatened. That's like that's 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 gun safety 101. You know what I mean? You don't shoot unless there's threats. Like, and even then in Florida, you got to be careful because of the Castle Doctrine and all this other stuff, right? But he was defending himself. That's yeah. really what was happening. And I, I want to go through some of the stuff that has come out in this case or happened during this case because more and more you're watching these cases that they're just political footballs. That's all they've become, especially the Chauvin case and now this case. It's all political football. It's two sides rising up to try and get their side through the case. And I want to point out some of the just junk that has happened uh, – between the prosecution, between the media and the protesters. Okay, so some have claimed that they will riot if they don't get the verdict that they wish for. The prosecution has blatantly lied about Rittenhouse, about the facts, and about legal procedure. They even attempted to use his Fifth Amendment against him, saying, well, you know, you remained silent and, and a non-guilty person wouldn't have remained silent. They would have been able to talk about their case. The judge absolutely excoriated the prosecution for that which he should have but the fact a prosecutor would try to use that against somebody is showing kind of where this case is headed so msnbc was kicked out of the courtroom after a journalist attempted to follow the jury bus back to the hotel and only got stopped because he ran a red light George Floyd relative has threatened the jury, claiming that they have video of the jury and are going to dox them if they don't give the right verdict. A man was caught attempting to record the jury with a phone. All the police did was made him delete it, which annoys the heck out of me. If you want to stop this now, you make an example of that person. That's exactly it. You, you, you throw the book at that person 100%. because they know what they're doing is wrong and illegal. Even Biden early on called for swift justice and considered Rittenhouse a white supremacist. Yeah. To make a point, we haven't talked about this case for this reason. Right. We didn't know the facts. And even when 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 the whole thing with George Floyd came out and all these other things, we didn't know the facts. We can't comment on things we don't know. But automatically, because the media says this is this and we're finding out there was a couple instances of cops being brutal and those kind of things of yeah. course should george floyd have died like that with his no no one knows he's gonna but we're, we're we're guilty till proven innocent in this country and guys you want to talk about virtues in america because we need to be more moral and virtue it is not cool to prosecute someone before they've even had a fair trial that is against american law that's against morality common morality and we do this all the time in america it's terrible because this kid was crucified 
before he even hit the stand. Yeah. We didn't even know any details. The you, media media was calling him white supremacist, and he went there to shoot people, and gosh. and they never retracted it. You you had Anna Kasparian of the Young Turks basically come out and say, "I got this wrong." Yeah, okay, but you should have been paying attention closer. Yeah, you're responsible for the death threats on this kid. Yeah, which now we have people that are standing in front of the courthouse saying, we are going to riot if we don't get the verdict we like. That's not justice. You're the ones that are claiming That's justice. That's mob rule. That's democracy. Yeah. And they're the ones that are claiming, we want justice, otherwise we're not going to give peace. No, you want your result. You don't want justice. Yeah. Yep. Because justice would wait for the facts to come out and say, you know what? We're going to allow the jury to do what they need to do. Step back. Step back, church. You just saw Pastor Todd on a video. Look at us all and say, look what happens when the church doesn't have an influence. Listen closely. Since when was justice left in man's hands? When? Can someone say that? Because according to scripture, he says, take no vengeance for yourself. Vengeance is mine, he says, says the Lord. Don't take wrath on someone else. Vengeance is his. He's got a justice system. He's got a penal. The difference between uh, biblical justice and social justice is one very big caveat. Society dictates what justice is. And that is a dangerous thing because as they become more immoral, guess who they're going to persecute? The righteous. Yep. Happens every time. That is a dangerous place to be. Just, just, just peel back the layers here for a minute. You can't say something 20 years ago because you obviously never repented for what you said. So we're going to publicly eviscerate you because of what you said 20 years ago. Not, not knowing you have a family, kids, you've got a career, you've succeeded, but 20 years ago, because you said something ignorantly because you were whatever, maybe you weren't Christian, maybe you were in sin, maybe you were just an idiot. That's how you were raised, right? Whatever. You can never repent for that. You're going to get eviscerated and destroyed. Yet Jesus offers forgiveness and he forgets his, your sins as far as the East is from the West, right? Second, we don't have God. Justice falls into the hands of man. That's democracy, mob rule. Do you understand the reason why we want a republic, not a democracy? Because the justice system must prevail. Now, what would be bad is if the justice system perverts the law, which is what they've been doing, Isaiah 10. Okay? Woe unto those judges who, who pres uh, prescribe grievances against my people, who decree unrighteous decrees. That's what's been happening, right? Go and ahead. that's that's... The point that when you and I have been talking about this, yeah. that really bugs me about this is we were in the car the other day and I was saying, if the prosecution, I understand the prosecutor has to prosecute the case. Yep. They, they, they have to do their best <clears throat> to prosecute their side of the case. I get that. But if you have to lie, steal, and cheat in yeah. order to get your win, you are now perverting justice. Yes. If on Come the, on, and, dude. In this case, you look at it and- you're going to call me white supremacist, conservative. I don't care. When I look at all of the facts on this case, I don't see anything this kid could have done differently to make it a textbook case of self-defense. But now the prosecution is trying to twist and lie about all of it in order to win their case. That is an immoral person. If you can't look at the facts and say, you know what? I'm I'm going to do what I can, but I am not going to pervert justice. I'm going to allow justice to prevail. If you can't do that, you should not be doing this. You should be done and out. I'm I'm sick of us trying to pervert justice just to get our way, just to get our political ideal. If Rittenhouse had gone there and had a hit list of people and was indiscriminately shooting into the crowd, I would be with you. Throw the book at him. 
But this kid went there to clean up graffiti, protect businesses, put out fires, which there are plenty of videos and photos of him with a fire extinguisher. He runs from the people that are chasing him. There's a gunshot. He turns around, but he does not shoot. He points, but does not shoot, then turns back around and keeps running. He only shoots when people are directly upon him. What else do you want from him? And when people say, well, he shouldn't have brought a gun. What about the other guy that brought a gun? Yeah, exactly. That was pointing it at his head. Nobody's questioning that. It's so funny. White supremacist, by the way, for defending him. I just want you to know. That's fine. I'll, I'll <laughs> take the label. Whatever. <laughs> no, but like, again, and also too, justice is never, 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 never led by emotion. It can't be. Mercy, the, the word mercy is not an emotional term. That's, that's exactly why justice <clears throat> is supposed to be taken out of the hands of those aggrieved. Even Locke yes. talked about that. Yes. Justice is supposed to be in the hands of the government, so that way there's not emotion involved. Impartiality. There's no partiality. This is why justice, in some sense, for some of you, like you'll say, yeah, but that's really harsh and crude in this. I'll tell you what, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes, because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, evil is set forth, therefore, in the hearts of men to do it. In other words, if we don't punish evil right away, sin continues. And so when their justice comes down hard and swift, right, and it's supposed to. Now, can we argue that in our justice system, nobody's really moral? We can always argue that. I think that's a fair, that's a fair question to ask. But when we start making it based on emotion is when we lose. You know, we can hear all that. <laughs> so in case you didn't hear it although we heard it carrie decided to make a uh, speakerphone phone call right now needs, she's just needs to pay her making, phone bill she's making an appointment with her yeah. lash lash lady to get lashes done she's, and uh she's like shut up to the machine and the machine just keeps talking it's that big red button you gotta press that one not the green one the red one She's she's made, she just made an appointment with the the the, the pedicure. She got to get a pedicure. You can tell she doesn't want to be here. That's she's right. like, she I can't said. wait for this appointment. <laughs> Carly, right, get continue. me out of here. All right. So, our the verdict may have come out by the time this airs. Get, airs. So that's why we're not yeah. talking about what the verdict should be. Now, I can tell you what I feel it should be, and right. you, by my monologue, you may have guessed. <laughs> but we're. We're allowing it to be put in the hands of the jury, and then we'll deal with it when it comes to that. What frustrates me is these threats of violence if people don't get the right verdict. I'm not going to go riot if I feel the wrong verdict was given. No, no. And, and my heart breaks for this kid if I feel the wrong verdict has been given, but I'm not going to kill people over it. Because I have to trust the justice system, which gets harder and harder for us to do. Yeah, does it need reform? Absolutely. But it needs moral people in order for it to be reformed. You need people, guess what, with the light of Christ in them to <clears throat> give justice impartially. Now, you may feel that's a big statement for me to make because, well, atheists can be a good person. Absolutely. And I'm not, I'm not saying that the Christian does perfect and the atheist doesn't do good. But man, if I have a justice system full of Christians that are looking for the justice of God and being impartial yet still carrying grace and mercy, I have more trust in that. It's degrees. So that gets into what we're talking about for this second topic is the church. So we get told all the time how poorly the church is doing. 
how the American church is full of cowards. They're, they're asleep. They're, they're done. It's over. They don't do anything right. It gets very convenient to point the fingers at what everybody else in the church is doing wrong. Um, there's certain channels that I just do not frequent because I get tired of this. Well, they're doing that wrong and they're doing that wrong and they're doing that wrong and they're doing that wrong. Now, there may be truth to some of it, but the question is, what's your heart behind it? And so he and I have been talking about this a lot for the past couple of weeks. And it's this concept of, are we speaking life to the church or are we, we downgrading and, and just kind of beating down the church and saying, well, you know, they, they can't get their act together and, you know, Christ might as well come. The question is, are we going to speak life to, to the church and encourage the church? Now you can correct the church. That's absolutely true. But what's your heart in doing it? And, and what's the motive? Are you condemning or are you convicting? Mm. It's a very easy to condemn. <clears throat> yep. And, and I've actually got a verse that I'm going to jump to because I think this is very true for it. Um, where'd it go? That's a great scripture, Mike. So it's, it's beautiful. <laughs> oh, my heart. I think, I think one of the my reasons. move. You no, talk yeah, while I find one, it. One of the things that we see is the church is uh, winning and, and we're seeing uh, different things. To me, Virginia was not because of moms getting together and getting upset about her, their kids. It was because the church stepped up finally. And you're seeing a, a lot of that happening. And so <clears throat> we've been talking about this for seven years, that the church really uh, is the vehicle. It's the bride of Christ. And the question I keep asking myself is, you know, if, if I was expecting a perfect bride, what would that look like? You know, and, and so we're, we're going to talk about those kind of things and like the, the spotless church, but what the church actually did throughout history to change the narrative. And so, guys, when you look at the civil rights movement led by reverends, uh, when you look at uh, slavery stopped in America, led by Christians, uh, when you look at William Wilberforce, a Christian who stopped slavery in England, uh, when you look at those, why America was discovered was on the back of Christians to try to promote the gospel. Columbus Regardless, thought it was the calling of the Lord to go out yes, there. Financed by the king of Spain. Yep. Was going to go to India because of the, the, the Muslim takeover of the nations. He thought, let's go over there and evangelize as much as we can before they get there. Ended up hitting the Americas. <clears throat> and can, yeah, I, can I put ahead, something to rest here? Everybody goes, Christopher Columbus was a, a homicidal maniac massacring guy. That's not the case. You read his diaries. He, he cared so much about doing the will of the Lord. What happened was he was a horrible leader. He was egocentric. He was very, very egocentric, kind of full of himself. But he was a horrible leader. And he allowed stuff to happen that should not have happened. Exactly. That's where it got out of <clears throat> hand. So I get it. Columbus, responsible for what happened, but let's not point the finger and say he went there with the mindset to do that. What happened was things got out of hand and they didn't yeah. know how to handle yeah. it. Yeah, I think you can look at any leader in history and find out flaws. You Absolutely. Can, you can point out so many things. Uh, Martin Luther King, probably I have to be one of the more modern hero leaders that I'm like, man, you know, I wish in some small way that I could emulate that kind of courage, that kind yeah. of patience that kind of mentality, the way the, 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 the poeticness of his con, uh, conviction, like how he could speak to you and everybody would be moved in a crowd. And like, that's yeah. an anointing from God, but he had his demons, he yeah. had his flaws. You, you know, there, there was things that happened that dude, you know, he's, he is a man. The primary reason we can't put our trust in the founders in a man 
We can't put our trust in Trump. We can't put our trust in Biden and Kamala Harris. We can't put our trust in anything except God because man will fail you. You just said it. He was egocentric. Guys, I know really good people who pulled themselves from leadership because they were terrible leaders. They were called to be ministers of the gospel, not leading ministries. And, 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 it, and, it, and it turned on them. What, what kind of humility it takes to realize that. And actually, I'll, I'll bring a name forth. Benny Hinn. Oh, that's Benny, a good one. Benny Hinn, everybody points a finger at what he was doing. Do you realize that he removed himself from ministry and, and because the Lord told him you're done? It, it hurts him, the mistakes he made. And he refuses he, to go back into ministry. Not, not of like, I'm done with the Lord. It's the Lord won't let me lead a ministry anymore. Matter of fact, Francis Chan said that he came and just like blessed all these ministers. And he said, the mantle has gone for me, but it's on you now. Right. And it's like, that's a man of God. It is. Like you, so we can get mad. Oh my gosh, Benny did this and this and this. All of you ministers who are capping on him, he finally comes down on his knees and repents and says, I was stupid and wrong. He finally did it. Now, he's got to work his, his, his yeah. self through his salvation. That's that's the walk of the Lord. But the Lord justifies that humility. Yes. It's it's the same thing with Todd White. Now, Todd White, he actually apologized and came out. He said, look, I've been doing this wrong. There was, there was a time, I don't know, it was like two years ago. He came out and said, I've only been telling half the gospel. And he was heart-wrenched about it. I, I've been telling all the good stuff. I have not been convicting of sin. And people still lambast him for still. it. It's like, do you see the change in this guy's heart? That means he's following the Lord because the Lord has no, you brought what, it to the surface. What it is, it's because he won't put on a suit and he won't cut off his dreads. Right. Right. And he won't quit hanging around the churches he's at. When it doesn't matter. The guy is legit changing by the spirit of God. God is getting his kids. Yeah. He always will. And I think that's the purpose of this podcast is to say, look, step by step, God is regaining. He's always had his bride. Tons of churches. My wife uh, was talking to me about this. We were talking about it at the fireside chat the other night. Tons of churches were standing up in California. We yeah. just didn't hear about it. There's little flames everywhere. Little, little, little shots. Churches stayed open through the pandemic. We were blessed here at Revive. We didn't close down. We, we, we stayed open. It wasn't a political stunt. It wasn't a media ploy. We felt called to stay open. We felt called to stay open. And you know what? It did lead the way. It did show people you can do this. It did show people, oh, my gosh, I don't have to listen to a, a cop. And the, the sheriffs were for us. Yeah. Right? So it puts courage in people when you take a stand. That's what we need to do in the season. Take and, a stand. And you mentioned something that I, I've gotten the notes, and we'll hit this now. You have to understand you're not hearing about what the church is doing well because the media, the government, the, the celebrities, they have no vested interest in telling you what the church is doing well. Here's the deal. We have got to get out of this mindset that it's there's a, there's a third option. There's a, a, a large group of people who just don't care and, and spiritually they're neutral. There is no spiritual neutrality. You're either with the Lord or against the Lord. So think about these systems of the world, the media, the government, celebrity, entertainment, all of this stuff, the systems of the world, who controls those? Satan. You think Satan's going to promote and push and, and, and raise up all of the good, powerful things that the church is doing? So when we look at the church and we say, well, they're not doing anything, what we're really doing is saying, I believe the media because the media hasn't told me about it. But like Carrie was saying, in California, there were bunches of churches that were standing up. We only heard about John MacArthur. We only heard about you know uh, Calvary Chapel. Calvary Chapel. Yeah, like, yeah. We heard about two, three churches. But there was all these little churches everywhere little that were standing fires. up. Yeah. 
and I keep thinking about too, like how uh, uh, the, the 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 media movies will promote this archetype of Christ. We will always promote this. It's just make believe. It's no big deal. Good versus evil. Evil surmounts itself. I just watched the new Marvel or that Marvel movie Shang Chi again yeah. uh, last night with the boys. We love that movie. We love. I need to see oh, that. it's so good, right? But it's like the evil. <laughs> like you, you almost know. It's like yes, they're getting over the hill, and this giant monster comes out. It's like oh, they're dead, right? It just gets worse <laughs> and worse and worse. And if you have spiritual eyes, you're saying, okay, it's going to get worse. But it was this little tiny remnant of people who were sold out for the Lord, who knew their history. The dad told the son, right? You must build up your mind as much as you build your body. I took that right away. I literally felt the Lord tell me, you must build your mind more as you're building your spiritual body. You got to have both. You got to have not only the mind, the body, and the spirit. You got to have all of that, right, combined. So as we're working out, as we're studying, as we're praying and doing these things, I need to be built up because the war is here. Right. And as you go out, it's going to be the few that possibly that take this on because it was never the majority anyway. Right. So you see the evil get worse and worse and worse. And then all of a sudden this out of nowhere, this guy finds who he truly is in his identity. And that's when the power began is when he found out his identity. That's when the power began. And I'm telling you, Christian, if you could see this through spiritual eyes, that's exactly what he's calling for from his bride and identity. Thank you for that that segue. So the bride, um, and I had written something for us just as a, a draft copy, and this has got my mind turning lately, is how do we picture the bride of Christ? Ooh. We tend to picture the bride of Christ as like this meek little, He's the groom is everything, and the, the bride is hunkering in the corner. I want you to think about what would the bride of the king of kings the Lord over all creation look like. Oh, I'm sorry. It's all right. No, 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 do it. Because I'll use it for, right, you know. cool. Just give me credit. Be like, yeah, Mike yeah. was Mike saying. Mike said, hey, I gave Jeff credit the other night. That was a good word, by the way. I don't remember that credit for Jeff, but. Oh, yeah. You the fruit yeah, thing. Yeah, when yeah, he said yeah, a tree doesn't right, eat its own right. fruit, I'm like, That's dang. Right. Oh, man, dude. When Jeff talks, I know. It, it is like, oh. so. I wait for him to like start speaking. Yeah, yeah. Start and, praying. And every bookcase in the room starts running. <laughs> Shaking. <laughs> Inside joke. Anyways, so, so the bride of Christ. We tend to picture the bride as this meek, little, scared, little thing. Shouldn't the bride of the King of Kings, the Lord of all creation, the one with all authority, I pictured this this powerful, beautiful woman holding a sword and a shield, standing her ground. Because the bride has been given all authority that the King of Kings and Lord over all has. So we've got to stop looking at the church as this meek little scared bride that just gets beat around and is a doormat. No, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords wants a bride that steps in his authority. She is willing to go out in his authority. She is willing to act in his authority. And she has all of the power that he has. She does not suffer enemies. Why? Because she knows she has her groom standing right next to her. Her groom with all the power and authority who can speak a word and smite all of creation stands next to her and approves of her. So we need to start looking at the bride of Christ, the church, as a powerful, authoritative figure that is on this earth to denounce and defeat evil, to crush wickedness, not to allow wickedness to reign over her. Dude, dude, I, I'm I, I so I just started 
I can't get too far into this. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to be preaching this in I love three it. weeks. I love that you but, are, but hear me out church. Hear me out here. Proverbs 31. Absolutely. We are the bride of Christ. Listen to this. I always used to say, man, Proverbs 31 women, you know, read this thing, but it's like, read this as the bride of Jesus, as the bride of Christ, right? Listen to this. Uh, let's see. Uh, who can find a virtuous woman for her price? Her price is far above rubies. Your purchase price is more than the world can give. You hear me? You can't submit to the things of the world because your price is far more than the world, right? Listen to this. Uh, her, the heart of her husband does safely trust in her. Christ trusts in the heart of the bride. That's who he's coming for, right? He knows she won't go whoring after other gods is what the word says, right? She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She will do him good. She will please her father. She will, I'm sorry, her husband, right? She seeks wool and flax and works willingly, willingly with her hands. She takes her giftings, her talents, and exploits them. Listen closely, so right? Good. She is like the merchant's ships. She brings food from afar. She brings good word from afar, not hearing the evil report, but she hears the good report. Listen closely. She rises also while it is yet night to give meat to the household and the portion to her maidens. Dude, I could go through. This is the last one. She multiplies the kingdom of God. She considers a field and buys it. And with the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. Dude, this is, I'm telling you in a few Sundays, we're going to be talking about this, but this is where the bride of Jesus comes into play. Who, if I was Christ, would I not want this wife? Would I not want a bride like this? Right. Which I do have, by the way, my wife is the bomb. I love my wife. She's there, there's nowhere in Proverbs 31 to be sarcastic. So she mastered that, but cause she is, she's savage when she, she speaks. But everything else, man, purchasing fields, uh, rising up day and night for me and my, the boys. And she is amazing. What a picture. If you're truly a man of God to say, look at the attributes of my wife. The biggest problem we see in America is we have this syndrome where men always complain about the ball and chain. Why well, the ball and chain? I got to go talk to the old battle axe. No, 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 no. She is your bride, bro. And if you're talking about her like that and she doesn't feel satisfied within you under your leadership, it's you, not her. It's you. You're the problem. When is the last time, man of God, you prayed and fasted for your wife? You took her to the throne room and you wrestled with God to say, Lord, I'm wrong here. Where am I not leading here? Why is she off? Why can't I connect with her, Lord? It's not her. It's you. Now, as the Lord reveals and changes your heart, then he can start to examine what's the other side doing. But he's going to change you first in the process, right? And so I'm seeing Christ. He's already fulfilled his finished work. He's already done everything he's going to do. He's already empowered the bride. Now it's on me to be the bride without wrinkle and spot and blemish. Two things. So as men might hear what you just said and say, why does it always fall on the man? Because you have been given headship. You have been given the responsibility. Guess what? You carry a lot of responsibility. Dude. So when the problem happens, guess what? The buck stops here, right? It's the leader, the head. You have been called to be that responsible man. So guess what? God's eyes are on you. God's wondering, what are you doing with what I've given you? You need to be responsible. So I... Just listen to this because this is so good. I, I, this it's already coming to me, right? You might as well use this for your sermon. Just play it on. No, the no, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which I'm, I'm so glad we're doing this because it does justify and, and only amplify Absolutely. what I'm what I'm going to talk about. Uh, let's see, uh, let's see. Now unto him 
that is able to keep you from falling, to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. That's Jude 1, 24. Jude 1, listen to me closely. My responsibility is not to present myself faultless. That's his. Therefore, the responsibility of presenting me faultless is Christ's. See? It's not on me to present myself faultless before him. It's my job to do, to, 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 as he shows me what to purify, to keep myself pure. He presents me faultless at that point. So the headship is on him. He's the head. He's the king. He's, he's the husband. He's the father. He's all of that, right? He's the one who presents me faultless. He's the one that carried the cross for me. He's the one that took the nails for me. He took the punishment. He took the crown of thorns. He took all that. Then he shed his blood for me so that he might present me faultless before God without spot or wrinkle or blemish. He did what he did already. So it's on him. But guess what? Because it is on him, I want to honor him. Because he did what he did, I want to honor that husband. I want to honor that king. And dude, what does that say in Revelation? The spirit of the bride say, come, we're here. We are right here right now. And I think that that was going to be my second point was when you were reading Proverbs 31. You, if a person is not filling any of those, are they actually part of the bride of Christ? I'm not saying people don't struggle and all that, but this this gets into a, another point. We tend to look at the church and say, oh, those those people there, all they do is gossip and argue and they're full of sin and they're evil people and they don't care about Jesus. They could be struggling or are they actually part of the church? We tend to draw this, this large generalization that everybody who ever frequents a church door is part of the church. I argue no. I argue it's the people who are actually filled with the Holy Spirit, the people who are actually born again, the people who are saved and walking in salvation that are the church. When we use that difference of standard, all of a sudden it becomes, okay, well, we've got a segment of people that are they're just darkening the door to help themselves feel better, but they don't, they are not the bride of Christ because they don't love Christ. They're the ones who don't care. They neglect the whole thing. I agree. And and they're just not the bride. I think, yeah, I think too, the 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 true bride acts like a bride. Yeah. And <laughs> because they're the, they're chosen by the bridegroom to be the bride. The bride is invited into the wedding feast. <whistles> Those who are not the bride, who could have been, but reject it are not part of the wedding feast. We have to think about this. Is we, we draw this generalization about the church when wow. in actuality what we're really saying, we're doing what the world is doing and saying, well, this segment of people represent the church. No, no, they're not a part of us. Look, not only that, but because Christ is the exalted one, the world will know who his bride is. Oh, it's just those Christians. No, no, no. That is the bride of Christ. I'm telling you something. I'm getting stuck on these scriptures lately. Few there be that find the straight gate. Mm -hmm. Straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leads to life, right? And then those scriptures of every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. That does not mean they are saved. That means everybody will recognize the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Some, they will know who God is. Some will bow in honor and others will bow in obligation. Some will bow and surrender. Yeah. I, I can't, I can't, I can't withstand this power. The demons knew that. And they trembled. The stinking demons knew it. The demons themselves said, we can't stand before the power of God. What do you have to do with the son of God? They even knew it and they were against him. Yeah. And here's some of us are saying, oh, you know, because I said that prayer, I'm in. 
Come on, man. This, it's deeper than this. We're his bride for crying out loud. Look, we are called by God to be married to the son of God. We're in union with him. That's why it's not to me. I, I'm, I'm going to step on toes here. To me, it's not a relationship with God. It never was. You can't get out of this. It's a union. I am yoked with him. I am his and he is mine. And he can't, nothing can separate me from the love of God. Nothing. He, I, nobody can pluck me out of his hand. I'm united with God. Because of that, I must, I must be in his will. I'm with him. He is mine. I'm crucified with Christ. There's nothing more of me anymore. The old man is dead, right? Second uh, Corinthians 5. Uh, my old life is gone. I'm now his. My life is now hid with Christ and God in Colossians. I am not anymore mine. And we got to quit this stuff of, well, you know, I just, you know, there's just some things I can't give up yet and blah, blah, blah. Are you kidding? He purchased it all for you. you. What do you mean you can't give it up? I mean, if we start thinking the way the Puritans did a little bit, just a little bit. No, you're onto something. Right? It's like, we can't give up things for God because it's just too hard. He understands that this is how it is in my life. Are you serious? Just to give a small example, I may have told, I know I've told Massey this. I don't know if I've told you guys this, but there's a story about the Puritans who for 14 days, they didn't get rain for their crops. Now we hear 14 days of, well, whatever, I'll turn on the sprinkler. That could have been death for them. You know what they immediately did? They're like, okay, what sin is in our, our camp? What, what sin is going on here? What, what are we doing wrong? They sought the Lord with fasting and humiliation. You want to know what happened? They figured out what, what had happened. They weren't keeping their eyes on the Lord. They, they were getting away from what he wanted them to do. As soon as they corrected that, it, it's recorded, a soft, gentle rain started to fall. Wow. We are so, so misdirected in in the union between us and the Lord of what that should look like. We we have bought into now this is where I'm gonna give correction, right? We have bought into this idea that, well, if I say my five minutes of prayer in the morning and you know I say my 30 seconds before I eat and I go to church on Sunday and you know I, I tell one person a year about Christ, I'm man, I'm doing good. They the Puritans lived every single moment by the Lord. And you know what we hear? We hear, well, that sounds boring. That sounds oppressive. That sounds awful. And there's plenty of accounts of them having fun and laughing and enjoying themselves, but they stuck to righteousness. That's right. They stuck to the Lord and it was not a just legalism. They loved the Lord and sought him dearly for his direction. We can do that. And we have a church that does do that. We have plenty of people in this nation. The majority? No, it's never been the majority. But we have a group of people in this nation that wholeheartedly seek the Lord. When I walk into our church, I, I, a, a large group of people I know just love the Lord and want to seek Him. Do they do right all the time? No. Do they make mistakes? Yes. Do personalities get in the way? Absolutely. But you know what I, what I trust at the end of the day is I know how many of those people love the Lord and want to do right by the Lord. Amen. So who am I to point the finger and say, well, you're not, you're, you're ruining the church because you have some faults. This, this gets into what my life lesson was going to be. And I'm, I'm going to kind of, you mind if I go there? So division, dissension. 
this, this dovetails perfectly with what we're talking about the church. Just because you don't agree with something, and, and there may be people who are listening who are like, oh, you're talking specifically about me. No, no, no. no. I've noticed this from every, every area. So please don't take this personally. This is something that's been on my heart, okay? So please just hear me out. If we look to what we disagree about, if we look to the problems in the church, we look to the things where where other people or leadership are doing, which we're like, well, I don't know about that, or you know, this it used to be this way, but now it's this way. We we have to try to understand: Am I being a part of division that is being caused by the agenda of the enemy? Ooh. And this really hurts to see when division starts popping up. It doesn't mean you don't come to somebody and, and give correction or say, hey, I'm noticing this. You are supposed to, but you notice that you are supposed to go to your brother. You're supposed to <clears throat> reconcile your, If you've been called under the vision and direction of a church, yep. be very wary about things that pull you away from that vision or that direction. Be very wary about that that bubbling up of, well, I just don't think I like where this is going. Did you ever stop to think that there are seasons that the Lord will change directions for something? It Just because your church or your community is called to one thing for a certain amount of time doesn't mean that that's what they're called to for the rest of their life. Think about it in your own life. You may have the the, the calling of being a teacher. But there are certain seasons where the Lord will bring up the prophetic or the apostolic. The Lord will train you in these different areas. Why? Because he knows you have to train up in your weaknesses. You have to become well-rounded. There's nothing more Dude, beautiful than a Christian who is fully well-rounded and fully powerful in all of the gifts. Dude. We have to get over ourselves and stop saying, well, I just, I don't agree with some things that have happened, so I think I need to go elsewhere. Dude. I um for I'm going to I'm going to say this to you. I commend you for that because it's it's difficult um it's difficult for for to talk about those kind of things without holding yourself to that same standard and you always have. Every time you've brought up something, you've held yourself to that same standard and you've grown so much since I've known you. You know, as far as like how to handle these things and 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 um just to see where your mind is at right now on this whole thing. Is, is, is it's a treasure, bro. It's, it's like, it's such a blessing to watch because you're right. I think he's trying to perfect us all. You can't do that. If all you do is nitpick continuously, if that's all your message is, is to nitpick and to correct and do all these things. Correction comes from God first. Have you corrected yourself? He'll do it to you first before you do it to anybody else. Remember, move that log, move that big old two by four out your eyes so you can see clearly yeah. to remove the log in your brother's eye, to remove the, the speck in your brother's eye, right? Have you done this to yourself first? And I just know that you're purifying, you're seeing yourself, man. We talk about this a lot. Kind of leads into mine, uh, the life lesson. I'm learning a lot about having grace for people, but more for myself. I think... Anybody can agree if 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 you if you're driven and you're uh, mentally like you're 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 about man we got to go do this for the kingdom we got to go succeed we got to go get people we got to win souls we got the the leader I think is always the hardest on himself and I think as you get older it's for, for some that I know that are real good leaders 
I think it just seems like it rolls off them. Okay, I made a mistake. I move on. But for me, I'm still in that stage of grace. Like I need grace, Lord, a lot. And uh, I'm noticing that people are people (laughs) and we're susceptible and we fall into things and and, and we're human. Uh, Tempers flare up. Things happen. Uh, you know, and, and I've always talked about my temper, you know, I just have this crazy temper sometimes, not where I hit things or anything like that. I don't punch wall and I don't do any of that stuff, but I just get this inward, like I got a shutdown mode and I just get so angry inside. And I'm like, I don't know what, where that comes from. I don't know why I still have it. And, uh, lately over the last, I'd say month and a half, I'm seeing where God is like legit sifting my heart over and over and over. But just when I think the, the purging is over. He does it again and again and again. And I'm thinking it's done, right? And I think he's getting me to the point of just shut up and let me do it. So you don't have to keep saying it's done. But that's so much, that's how much grace he has in my life, not only to to keep me in the in the in in his will, keep me as a son, but to empower me to keep walking. Uh there's just so much going on in the in self-evident. There's so much going on in the church as a whole and all these other things that you know, we really need to be guarded in our hearts as to know the Christ of heaven for yourself. If you don't know what the bride of Christ looks like, how can you expect what relationship should be like in your life? How can you expect what your wife or your husband should be like in your life? If you don't know what Christ expects, if we don't know the bride, right? And so Annie Johnson Flint wrote this poem, and I've read this, I've said this before, but I think it's uh, one of those, I, I read it differently after this week because I've said it to myself and I said it to myself, but I've read it differently this week and I want want to read it. And I hope it ministers to you guys. It says, he gives more grace when the burdens go greater. He sendeth more strength when the laborers increase. To added affliction, he adds his mercy. To multiplied trials, he multiplies peace. When we've exhausted our store of endurance and when our strength has failed and the half day is, and the day is half done, when we've reached the end of our hoarded resources, our father's full giving has only begun. Fear not that your need shall expect his provision. Our God ever yearns his resources to share. Lean hard on the arm of the everlasting, availing the Father. Both you and your load he will upbear. His love has no limits. His grace has no measure. His power no boundary known unto men. For out of his infinite riches in Jesus, he giveth and giveth and giveth again. That's all I got. It's uh, if he has to do that with me, we got to do that with people, man. You know what I mean? Like, there's, I, I can't. You know? That's something beautiful about that poem is you, the deeper you get with the Lord, the more you realize how true it is. Yeah, grace is different, man. Yeah, and it's different. His giving is different. It's not what we hear. It's a different kind of giving and grace, man. It's it's no longer it's a different love. No longer the knowledge. It's yeah. the experiential. You know, and a lot of people they they struggle with their faith because they've built up all the knowledge. Which hey, you need you need the knowledge of the Lord. You need you need scripture, right? But there's a percolation that happens of where yeah. that knowledge drips down into your heart as you experience it. So then you look at a poem like that and you go, it's so true. Yep. When it's so true as the trials and tribulations come, the peace surpasses. And, and it, people will say, well, I don't really recognize that. Keep walking with the Lord and actually step out in faith but when those events come. But you won't you know it. Find yeah, peace. You won't know it until you give it to him. Exactly. You have to submit to it. 
the reason why you don't understand his piece is because you've never let it go. Yeah. It's We've tried piece. to do it our own. Oh my gosh, dude. And, 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 and it, we're well-intentioned in a lot of ways to do it on our own, but I didn't understand this gray stuff until this last like two months yeah. of just letting it go and watching him empower and letting it go and watching him empower. I didn't understand his love until I let it go. Like, I, I don't know that side of God fully. I just posted something this morning uh, that a friend of mine posted. I shared it actually on my uh, Instagram. By the way, we have a TikTok for self-evident. You guys want to sign up for that. Um, but he said this, uh, this guy named Steve McVeigh said, I lived as if God wanted a maid to serve him when what he really wants is a bride who loves him so much that she is consumed with knowing him intimately. It just hit me so hard because I've learned that. I just want to serve God. I would literally be that guy. I would picture myself going to God with my soldier's gear on, kneeling before him. What do you want me to do next? Same here. And you know what he would do? I would see it all the time. He would put his hand on, he would put his hand on my head and say, get up, get up. You're my son. But I couldn't receive that. And it's just really been starting to hit me when he says his love has no limits. <sighs> Doesn't. He changes you, man, if you just let him. He changes you, dude. It's different. You know, his grace has no measure. There's His power is immeasurable. He don't care about your flaws. He made you, man. He knew. He knew everything. He knew everything you were going to do, right? His power has no boundary known to man. Come on. We don't, have, we don't know what he wants to do. We don't. If we would just take him by faith and let it go, watch him move. That's what, that's what this is for. And it's like the more I'm, I, I, I've read this last year to somebody and even just this year reading it, it's like so different now. Um, I, and the reason why I cry, because I'm like, I just don't know it all the way. You know, yeah. sometimes I wish I knew more of it, but the little bits I do know, it's like, Ooh, that resonates. Ooh, that hits. Ooh, that, because I feel like once I know it, his love has no measure. His grace has no boundaries. His power has no limits. It's like, <laughs> just when I think I've learned something, it's still, it's like being on a cruise ship. I don't know. You've never been on a cruise ship, but like, mm -hmm. you know, when they say when you're on a ship, it's so breathtaking, go on the ship and just stand out in the front hall and look at all the water with no land. It literally takes your breath away. Like I'm just this little blip, <laughs> this little thing. Right. And his mercy love is greater than this. <laughs> and we haven't even searched the world. You know, it's just so different man so unique you know and and i want to give a, a quick encouragement to you because you were talking about this whole anger thing and it, it, you're a powerhouse right it's just absolute powerhouse but the the growth that the lord has done in you in the past couple of years is just outstanding right you could you you talk about the anger pure vestiges, remnants, little bits and crumbs that need to be cleaned up. It just, just the way, the wisdom that you carry in situations is, is outstanding for me to watch, especially when, when you're pastoring and you're in the office and you're dealing with so much crap because people carry a lot of crap, right? And the, some may take it the wrong way, but I've, I've witnessed, you and I have been together for what, 10 years now, 11 years? Like, I've witnessed. Besties. Hey, 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 hashtag besties. So <laughs> I've, I've witnessed the <laughs> <laughs> I love it. 
I, I've witnessed the evolution and, and what the Lord is cleaning out now, the cobwebs and the crumbs. It, it, and just to watch the maturity and the wisdom and the patience and grace that you actually carry when you're face to face with somebody, you, you carry a lot of passion. But I, I know where the lack of patience and grace is. And I don't, I don't see that. It, I see tiny vestiges of it. I do not see what it used, what to, be. It used to be. And, and I, I say all this as an encouragement of don't lose sight of where the Lord has yeah, brought yeah, yeah, you yeah, in totally. all of this. Like totally. you, you, you're a powerhouse, bro. Yeah. And I think, again, it's, 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 I know leaders, the best leaders uh, that I've ever been around are very much self-examiners. Mm-hmm. And if you can't see your flaws, how can you how can you make something grow? Right. Because if you're the blockage, you got to get rid of it. You got to get rid of what's inside that blocks you from growth, from from doing what God's going to do. At the same time, I'm trusting that if I'm in the vine, He prunes the branch. I'm already getting to another sermon. He prunes the branch. He's the one who removes it. He throws it. In, I, not me. I just have to trust that He's pruning, and I have to let it go. Yeah. The problem is. We don't let it go sometimes, yeah. and we still bring it, and we, we we take it on that that branch is still mine, you know what I mean? And yeah. it's wrong; it's wrong to do. So, uh, I appreciate that. I think too, having her like you, you see, you know, she she's been on the team for almost a year. Uh, Carrie has, and 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 just to you you witness people who give their all, and you think, man, there's there's <clears throat> very few people in your, in, 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 in that you deal with that in your life that you're like, that heart is very pure. Exactly. Very, very pure. You don't ever see an ought or an ill will or anything like that. And, and you want to emulate that as a boss. You look at, man, what are the attributes and strengths in people? You know what I mean? And that's that one thing is that I want to emulate that. I want to emulate where my heart is always on the right side of things that even if I bring a correction or even if I have a complaint about something, it's not malicious. It's the right heart. And that's like, I look at her, Carrie, and I say, when, where have you ever seen her do something out of the it's wrong heart? Always a pure and innocent heart always. towards the motive. You know? And that's that, like my wife, same thing. Like I look at the team and I look at our church, our leaders there, dude, I can go down the line and just, man, leadership, just leadership, leadership. So, I mean, we're all learning some cool life lessons. I just know that he's changing us if you're willing to let him change you. You know, and and willing to allow him the time to change other people, you know, Be- that's because, a good word right there, son. Right, because that's a good word, son. We we tend to think that everybody <laughs> everybody else is stationary, but hey, I get the grace of growing. Ooh. And there are plenty of people, especially in leadership, who are growing. And if you look at where they were 10, 15 years ago, you would not recognize just them. last year. Yeah, some of us. Yeah. Look where they were from last year to now. You, and, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it just how how people are growing and they're trusting more, right? Uh, Pastor Todd and I were talking about that. Like even just last year, how he's learned to just okay, I'm just going to let them run. Yeah. You know what I mean? But his leadership changed three years ago when he went to the year of leadership. He just got right in and started like pushing forward. But now it's like he he's still pushing forward. It's odd, but his hands are off the wheel. Like he's just okay. And it's not that I'm not saying he was ever controlled. He never micromanaged, but he was more like, okay, vision here, vision here, vision here. Now everybody's birthing their visions. And he's just like, wow, he's letting them do it. Oh, so cool. That's just, that's just over the last three yeah. years. You know, you see people grow 
uh, you know, and he's said some cool things to me, but like just that growth that, and he's, he's, he's a successful dude. Like, yeah. and, and, you know, it, it, I'll, I'll keep it vague in general, but from where he came from to where he's at now is completely night different and day. night and day. And especially because what I picture is at some point, a general has to allow the people under him to make the decisions Bingo. in order to fight the war. Yep. The general can't be there with every single little company doing exactly. their own thing. And and I think where he's he's in that that stage of like I can let m- the people underneath me go and win this war. Yeah, and it, I continue the vision and the passion, but the, the, they need to do their job. The, the caveat is he always want he always wanted them to. Yeah, they just didn't catch it themselves yet. Once he saw they caught it, he's like, okay, now run. Right now, go. That's that dad holding the bike and letting their kid just if they have to fall, they got to fall. But I know they're ready for this. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it wasn't that he was trying. He he just knew. Okay, I got to keep pumping vision there until they get it and let them fly. And then once they fly, he's like, I'm just. And it's so amazing to sit with him as he analyzes each ministry or whatever each leader, and he's like, look at that, look at that, look at that. You know what I mean? It yeah. brings you joy inside. Like, dang man, these people are growing. You know. And he gets to eat that fruit because he's poured into them. Yeah. Right. Same thing with leaders. You know, it's like we get to what we pour into. You see the fruit of it. Oh, my gosh. There's nothing like it, dude. You know, you're a leader when the people underneath you, you're it's almost like you're more excited about their success than they are. (laughs) You see it more for them. yeah. Yeah. When you see them succeed, you see them grow, you see them move forward and you're excited because they're moving forward and they're taking yeah, new territory yeah. and, and you want to be able to replicate, not yourself, yeah. but replicate new leaders and bring them up to where they can bring more people up underneath themselves. 100%, and that means going forward with the vision God's given you and actually taking control of it instead of just having somebody give you orders. There's two types of people. There are those who give orders and those who take them. Now, you take them for a while because you submit and you know that's what the Lord has called me to do. And at some point, the Lord's going to say, okay, I need you giving orders now. Are you ready to step into that? Are you ready to move forward and not have to have the approval of somebody above you, but do what the Lord's called you to do and do it forward with the best of your ability? There's there's two mindsets that you got to take. So I hope you guys have have felt something today. You've learned something from this. I know. We definitely have. We we really appreciate the Lord bringing this in this season because this is important. And thank you for growing with us. Amen. We're learning as much as everyone else is. I mean, when we come and bring content, that's one thing. But you're also growing with us spiritually. You're sowing into our field spiritually and physically with your mm-hmm. with your support, your donations and stuff. So we want to thank you guys for sowing into our lives and Amen. praying for us. Man, we feel it. We know it. When our board's praying, I feel it because I'm feel I feel empowered through a war. I'm like. I know the board's praying for us. I know yeah. the church is praying for us. You know what I mean? I can feel it. And so we want to thank you too. You know? And and if you ever want a perfect example of growth and maturing over the years, go back and watch our first podcast. Oh, man. And and you will see real-time growth, maturing experience. And you will t- see me take sh- that as an encouragement. <laughs> You'll see me talk a lot, and he didn't talk much. And I'm like, what are we doing? So I <laughs> but, shut up, the, and he talked more. The, and then he started producing, and that's why it's so good, because he started doing it. <laughs> Our first episode, we have one angle, <laughs> and it's from behind me on Massey. And and not that it's I'm like, prideful. it's all about Massey. It's just, I was prideful. We, we had one it camera. Was me. I'm a prideful dude. That's all we had was one camera in a very small office. I'm kidding. I'm not it. speaking that. <laughs> I'm not speaking that over me. So, all right. 
Love you. Love you guys. Hope you guys have a great week. We will see you back here Saturday, 9 a.m. TheSelfEvidentTruth.com. Sign up for the conference. Sign up yes, for the conference. It's register free. Register for the conference. Yeah, please do that. And we love you. Bye. And we love you. Love you guys. Have a great night. Day. All of it.